the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Wednesday morning. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Johnny Abear and David Dawson. Hey, guys. Good hey. morning. Good morning. <laughs> good Good morning. Good to be with you again. And it's not the last day in February. How about that? No. Getting, yeah. getting close. Yeah. It's running it's, out quick. Well, yeah, but one more day. And I've always said, just one more day. Just give me one more day. Well... Here it is. We're having one more day tomorrow of February. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the thick of in the thick of Lent. I hope everyone's Lent is going well. It's never too late though to jump on that road to Jerusalem as our Lord's going to be talking about today. So hey guys, how about we get things started off with prayer? It's always a good thing to do, right? Yes. So let's remember, uh, ask for the intercession of blessed Daniel Brotier this morning as we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, Lord. I thank you for this day, an opportunity to begin again, to truly awaken to the joy that is found only in you. Help me to walk up to Jerusalem with you during this Lenten season to remain with you through all your hardships, betrayals, and unjust suffering. So powerful was your love for us all that you never turned aside from your mission to take upon yourself the sins of the world and my sins as well, opening the gates of heaven. If only I can drink the cup that you have prepared for me. Today I'm yours with the gifts of the Holy Spirit to help. May I persevere in that same love and never leave your side. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Blessed Daniel Brotier. Pray for us. Pray for us. There you go. Pray for us. Johnny, that's probably my favorite opening prayer of all time. That's Thank you beautiful. so much for that. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was gorgeous and a perfect start to our Wednesday morning. And looking forward at 7 after, Johnny has a wonderful reflection on today's gospel. You definitely don't want to miss it. In 18 minutes, Peter Finney joins us. He's a general manager and editor of the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And Peter will be giving us an update of what you'll be finding in this week's issue. And it's always some great stories that can be found in the Clarion Herald. So definitely stay tuned for that. In 35 minutes, Dr. John Bruchalski joins us. He's a former abortionist, but now he's a pro-life advocate and speaker, and he's going to be heading over to our listening area for a Woman's New Life Clinic event we will give you details about, but he's also going to be sharing his story. Uh, basically, it's a complete transformation. It's an amazing uh, definitely story. Definitely stay tuned yeah. for that amazing yeah, story and testimony. So. Yeah. 
Looking forward to that with Dr. Bruchelski. And in 48 minutes, Dr. Jordan Haddad joins us. He's a professor of dogmatic theology over at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans and president of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society. And for our Catholic 101 segment today, we are talking about love. What is our role as Catholics, as Christians, when it comes to love? So Dr. Haddad is going to be diving deeper into this topic that we maybe never thought about before, or maybe just passed on by, or had a generic idea. Well, we're going to be learning something new with Dr. Haddad today, as we always do with our Catholic 101 segment. And you guys, we are less than a week away from our spring on-air pledge drive. It is approaching. It's going to be taking place March 5th through the 7th from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Wonderful guests. If you're viewing us right now, you can take a look at some of them right there. It's going to be a very wonderful lineup. This is where we come to you asking for your help to continue to broadcast the truth through the airwaves and beyond. Stay with us. We have your gospel and reflection coming up right after the break. It is five past the hour on Wake Up. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Matthew chapter 20. As Jesus was going up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves and said to them on the way, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and scourged and crucified, and he will be raised on the third day. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee approached Jesus with her sons and did him homage, wishing to ask him for something. He said to her, What do you wish? She answered him, Command that these two sons of mine sit, one at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Jesus said in reply, You do not know what you are asking. Can you drink the chalice that I am going to drink? They said to him, We can. He replied, My chalice you will indeed drink. But to sit at my right and at my left, this is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard this, they became indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus summoned them and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones make their authority over them felt. But it shall not be so among you. Rather, whoever wishes to be great among you will be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just so, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thank you, Father Chris Decker. Well, guys, you know, in my past career, one of the tasks I never actually ever looked forward to every year was performance reviews. <laughs> you know, the interesting thing was that everybody wanted to be promoted, wanted to climb the corporate ladder, you know, and wanted to have more responsibility, even if they had no idea what it really required. So, Imagine that uh, that's you, you know, and you go in for your annual performance review and your supervisor tells you that if you really want to make it to the top, you need to take a demotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a demotion, you know. Uh, tough times are coming. Jobs are on the line, he says. So here's your new job description, he says. Make copies for people, get them coffee, even listen to their problems, sweep up after work, clean up the floors, clean the bathrooms, if they need a sick day, give them one of yours. <laughs> you know, back rubs, uh, foot washing, babysitting, whatever it takes. And uh, you say, well, what's the reward if I do that? And he says, well, 
Your reward is after a while, people will start to make fun of you. They'll laugh at you. Maybe you said you could have been somebody. And, and here's a key part of your real potential success in this new position. If something goes wrong, your job will be that you have to take the blame for it. <laughs> you know, in, in fact, the job title is office slave and general scapegoat, unquote. That's your job title. <laughs> so you're kind of stunned. You know, you say, well, if I do that, will many of them at least keep their jobs? And this point, the supervisor looks at you and says, well, if you do your job right, all of them will want a demotion too. Mm. And he gives you that fatherly wink. So upside down, it's an upside down business world. And that's the point, mm -hmm. you know, today Jesus enters in our gospel. Jesus has entered an upside down world due to fallen mankind. And he's here to put it back right. He's got to do the opposite of what the world seems like is success. Mm -hmm. So he tells his disciples he's going up to Jerusalem in order to be struck down. He'll be offered a king's crown, but he knows he has to take the crown of thorns. He's killed because he's healed, because he's healed so many. He's lied about for speaking the truth, and his crime is that he is innocent. And he will die because it's the only way to eternal life. Mm -hmm. True success, he says, is to look like a failure to the world. True glory is to be rejected by the world. True food is in feeding one another. So Jesus today tells his disciples and tells us, if you seek to get higher, take a demotion. Hmm. But if you do, <laughs> I'll raise you higher than you ever dreamed. So here we are, you know, in this, uh, what are we, in, in deep into Lent now, and we're uh -huh. standing on this path to Jerusalem. And Jesus lays out this surprising plan to us. Well, we now, today, we know the entire story, but here's the reality, the difference. This is now our story. This is now our path. And Jesus is asking each one of us as we stand here today, do you love me? Mm -hmm. Will you come up this hill with me knowing that people are going to put you down? Will you be silent when they ridicule you? Will you forgive them even when they're mocking you? Do you trust me enough to drink the cup that I'm going to give you, even if it involves loss? And so, unlike James and John at that time, we know now what greatness lies beyond that hill. But this is our Jerusalem. This is our Lent. This is our path. And he's paved the way. He's given us the grace to bear it. And he shows us the reward at Easter. Hmm. So there's a story um, I was reading the other day in my reflection. And it's a story about an angel who's walking down the street with a torch in one hand and a bucket of water in the other. And someone asks the angel, what are you going to do with that torch and with that pail of water? And the angel says, well, with this torch, I'm going to burn down these lofty mansions in heaven. And with the water, I'm going to put out the flames of hell. Then we'll see who really loves God. Mm. And the point, according to the story, is that many people follow Jesus for the wrong reasons, maybe out of fear of hell or visions of glory like James and John had, you know, rather than... Mm out of pure love of God. So the angels really tell us and the saints tell us that to follow Jesus because, well, he's heaven itself. He is our consolation and he is our destination. And that's what our Lord's calling us to do today is to continue to follow him, to go up this hill to Jerusalem 
to suffer with him. And uh, so that's where we are, guys. And I think what's mm-hmm. key at this point is just to keep supporting one another, encouraging each other as we walk together uh, toward Easter, right? Yeah, the one thing that, excuse me, <clears throat> caught me off guard about the, uh, about the gospel you're just reading it along in order, right? And Jesus is walking along with them, just giving them heartbreaking news, right? He's like, look, behold, we're going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be handed over to the priest. I'm going to be mm-hmm. tortured. I'm going to be crucified. And the answer is, yeah, yeah, look, hey, uh, can I get a better position? <laughs> yeah. in the, you know, that, that's what I right. got from it. It's like, you got to be kidding. <laughs> what did he just tell you? You know, yeah. I, just, I, just, I was just kind of taken aback by that in the gospel, you know, that... Uh, how much were they paying attention to themselves, you know, and not? And, and you know, mm. another thing that I thought of about this gospel, Johnny, what a great day in reflection to this to play the to pray the litany of humility, huh? Oh, yes. very good point. Yes, it's beautiful. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk more about love and following Jesus later in the show. But hey, right after the break, Peter Finney's going to join us with the Clear and Herald. All kinds of the crowds being moved by the Holy Spirit. It's quarter past the hour now on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for February 28th. Today we celebrate Blessed Daniel Brotier. Daniel spent most of his life in the trenches, one way or another. Born in France in 1876, he was ordained in 1899 and began a teaching career that didn't satisfy him for long. Wanting to use his zeal for the gospel far beyond the classroom, Daniel joined the Missionary Congregation of the Holy Spirit, which sent him to Senegal, West Africa. After eight years there, his health was suffering. He was forced to return to France, where he helped raise funds for the construction of a new cathedral in Senegal. At the outbreak of World War I, Daniel became a volunteer chaplain, spending four years at the front. He risked his life time and again in ministering to the suffering and dying. Miraculously, he didn't suffer a single wound during his time at the front. After the war, he was invited to help establish a project for orphaned and abandoned children in a Paris suburb. He spent the final 13 years of his life there. Daniel died in 1936 and was beatified in Paris by Pope John Paul II only 48 years later. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It's 18 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson along with Johnny A. Bear and Gabby Smith. Right now, we are joined by Peter Finney. He's the general manager of the Clarion Herald, the official Catholic newspaper of the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Good morning, Peter. Hey, good morning, David. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You've got a lot of news to share with us this morning. In fact, uh, I, I love the, the first uh, tidbit that I have here. A lot of folks are coming in, to, coming home uh, to the Catholic faith this uh, Easter, huh? That's right. It, it nearly 450, which is uh, a really good number of... Uh, about coming into the church, mm-hmm. at, usually at the Easter vigil in the individual uh, respective church parishes uh, that they've been studying in the RCIA program. And uh, they had a right of election. They had two rights of election, one on uh, one in New Orleans and one on the North Shore uh, recently. And Archbishop Amos is always so impressed with uh, he, he meets uh, each of the uh, people who are coming into the church individually oh, wow. uh, and shakes their hand. And the, the thing he always says is, well, welcome to our family, because... 
wants to bring them into the family. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's really an impressive uh, liturgy. It's a prayer service. And, and then the people who come and meet, they, they, with their sponsors, they come and meet the Archbishop. Uh, and uh, so, so they're prayed over. And uh, at the Easter Vigil, which is a beautiful liturgy, if anybody has, has uh, not been to it in a while, it's just, you know, it starts in darkness and the candles are lit and come yes. through the church. And the people receive their uh, their sacraments of initiation. Uh, it's a, it's an incredible experience. So uh, there was one guy, uh, David, uh, and his name is Andrew Thomas. Mm-hmm. And actually, he's already uh, one month ago uh, he entered the church at the Holy Name of Jesus Church in New Orleans. Uh, he he and four other got got a head start on their RCA program. And he's a former Pentecostal, a Baptist, and an Anglican. And he knows he Gosh. can recite the uh, St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Uh, all 7,000 words of it, uh, he, he, he has memorized it because he grew up as a Pentecostal. He says, I know my Bible. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> he had to overcome, you know, some of the challenges in, in uh, certainly in Catholic teaching about the papacy. And he said, when I learned the true, when I learned the true uh, message and the true teaching of the Church, uh, it's, it's true. And he said, uh, it, it, he says, I pinch myself when I think that I'm actually Catholic. <laughs> uh, because I, you know, I, not in my wildest dreams that I ever think I would be, uh, it, and you know, if, he, he always said, "If the Catholic Church were only true," and he says, "But you know, the really thing is, it actually is true." And he yes. said, "He's so happy to have found his spiritual home." And that's uh, that's Andrew Thomas, and and there's you know, four hundred fifty more people just like him. So Isn't that amazing? We're all excited to welcome to the family. Wow. You, you hear these stories of, of, about these folks that are searching and searching, and they're going through the different. Uh, denominations yes. and 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 the 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 need part is is if that search continues and the the reading and the reflection on the scriptures and everything eventually it does bring them to the truth church right it does yeah. it does I and, just uh, love those yeah, stories so ever, beautiful beautiful yeah all right now we just had a men's conference happen in New Orleans and uh, it looks like a lot more attendant than I thought uh, was going to happen talk about that. Yeah, there were more than 700 men who attended. It was at St. Catherine of Santa Church in, mm-hmm. and in Metairie, and, it was packed, and that's a big church, and it was packed. And uh, they heard, really the theme was, David, a friendship. Uh, I, I have called you friends. Jesus, I have called you friends. And the idea was men, especially, need to develop authentic, uh, virtuous, spiritual relationships with other men, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, in the course of, of life, you know, think you're gonna, everybody's going to have troubles and challenges. But if you have a, a close circle of friends who are uh, in the faith, they, they can help uh, in, in so many ways. And, and that was really one of the stresses of the day. Go back to your parish and get involved and, and try, to, try to get involved with a few friends and, and form a small faith-sharing group. Yeah. And uh, the, the three speakers all kind of touched on the power that is in those small groups. You, you learn from other men, uh, and they learn from you. And uh, so that was kind of the message. Uh, of this of the thing, and uh, it, it's incredible. Uh, hundreds of men went to confession. There was a long, long line. There was, there was like uh, almost two dozen priests there to hear confession yes, at different places in the in the church and outside. And uh, it was it was an adoration, and it closed with uh, it closed with the mass. And the archbishop said at the end, he says, "I wish you could see what I see from here as he's gazing out onto the packed church." He, mm-hmm. he said, "I'm just so uh, inspired by your presence." 
That's wild. When you when you hear seven hundred men uh, respond mm-hmm. or sing or something like that, it is an amazing thing to hear. I know it gives me chills of the the ones that I've attended. Yeah. You know, just just to hear that. And you're absolutely right. There is becoming more and more a lack of uh, friendship and a lack of fellowship. We're becoming uh, too busy. We're becoming more uh, right. becoming more individual. The friends that we have are online friends, and that's kind of superficial but to some to, to to be able to 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 share your life with somebody uh, another man from men to men is this this fraternal is is is, is necessary i think you know and i i think it's becoming less yeah. and less uh available and boy is it ever necessary so i'm glad that's being yeah. encouraged they had surveys that, that show uh, they ask men uh, how many close friends you have and, and so like a large percentage of men today really don't have any close friends. So that's a, it's a real, it's a societal cultural issue, but you know, yeah. the church needs to tackle that and men need you know, to get together. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Now, I, I'm seeing from this, from this little nugget that I have here to go by, if, if I'm thinking of the same place, this is kind of heartbreaking. It says, the end of the era, after 85 years of service, the Catholic yeah. bookstore in New Orleans is going to be closing. Is this the one in front yeah. of Notre Dame? The, the, the right big old beautiful house? Cemetery, right, to, right as you face the seminary, it's yeah. to the left. It's, it's on Fig Street and South Carrollton Avenue. And, uh, yeah, it's a very it's a very difficult story. Uh, 85 years in business. Actually, we looked it up. It is the oldest bookstore, not just Catholic books, oldest bookstore in New Orleans really? that was continuously oh. operated. It was started in 1939 by an independent laywoman named Florence Henderson. And she just felt like at the time... Uh, there needed there needed to be a place where you could go and and get good Catholic reading material. Yeah. There were other stores that had you know statues and rosaries and things like that, which were good. But she said she wanted to focus on literature and 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 on uh, and Catholic books and reading. And so through all of the, they had a they they've had a series a series of they had a fire with flood damage, uh, water damage from the to turning out the fire at a different place. They moved to uh, right near the seminary, mm-hmm. uh, and of course Katrina hit. Right, they got four and a half feet of water, and they they were in a trailer for three years. So they kept going. Uh, it's just uh, it's a financial thing that they just have not been able to make ends meet. They have one full time employee, and uh, it's just uh, they just haven't been able uh, to to make enough sales. And uh, wow. so it's a they, they came to the decision. Uh, that yeah, we we think this is our closure time, and mm. but they're gonna, they are going to go until April thirtieth, and so if anybody's interested, uh, there are still there are still things, uh, uh, books, and all kind of things at the Catholic bookstore, and it's going to be a fifty percent off sale uh, through April thirtieth. So uh, if you'd like to support them and uh, yeah. and help them, uh, it'd be great to stop by. Plus, it's a it's a good to. I just loved. I used to love to just go wander around in there and just just browse. Yeah, a, a beautiful old place. I really really enjoyed that. So just may have to go for sentimental reasons for one last time. So they're going to stay open right. all the way until April, right? To April thirtieth. April thirtieth. Okay. April thirtieth. April thirtieth. All right. And uh, let's see. We're talking about we're, we're talking about a couple that shares their cooking talent with uh, the the folks at St. Catherine of Siena Church. Talk about that. Yeah. It's incredible. They're, uh, they're both uh, around 80 years old, Ronnie and Mary Kay Renfro. Okay. They're like the cooking team at St. At Catherine, and they prepare meals for over 1,000 people who attend different retreats and different missions at the church, and they do this week after week after week. It's incredible what they do, and they just talk about 
what uh, we, we tied it into the seafood in Lent, so they, they provided some of their famous recipes. One of the famous recipes that, that, that Lonnie has is pasta Lonnie, and it's, <laughs> a, it's a tomato-based sauce. It's got all the tricks how to make it great. So yes. uh, it's a good little, uh, good little story about faith and food. Ooh, that that sounds that sounds great. But the fact that's is, they're a lot they're, of meals. Yeah, they're in their eighties too. That's hard well, work, you know, cooking for a lot know, of people like that. That's that's pretty amazing. But that's probably what keeps them going. So, and last <laughs> but not right, exactly right. right, last but not least, we're going to be talking about the pilgrimage that's coming up in October. Talk about that. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. October fourth, excuse me, fourth to the fifteenth. Uh, we're going to go to Italy, and we're going to uh, just. Uh, Venice, Assisi, Florence, Rome, Pompeii, Ponte Casino. It's, it's just going to be an un- unforgettable trip. And uh, if you need to have any more information about it, you can either go to our website, clarionherald.org, or go to our Facebook page, uh, and it's pinned to the top of the Clarion Herald Facebook page. And you're going on the trip, too. Yes, I am. See? Yeah, it's there's another reason. Time and yeah, there's another reason to go. She'd be with Peter Finney on this trip. <laughs> wow. That sounds amazing. That Those is? are amazing stops. Yeah. Definitely yeah. check that out. Wow. This sounds yeah. this sounds like a good one. So uh how do I get how do I get a copy? Okay. You can, uh, it'll be at every church this weekend in the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And then right now online it's available at uh at clarionherald.org. Okay. Claren Herald. Once again, Peter Finney, thank you for joining us. And uh, we will talk thank to you, you again really soon. Appreciate yeah. it very much. All right. God bless. Wow. Oh, kind of kind of oh, sad man. about that okay. uh, bookstore, huh? Me I, too. You been to well, it you know, I well, so that's my mother-in-law used to get Advent wreaths there, oh. and so I've been using the same Advent wreath that was from there. Of course, yeah. I replaced the candles, but uh, man, what an iconic location across the street from the College Inn. It was uh, right next door to Notre Dame Seminary. You couldn't miss it. Big white house. Oh mm. man. Well, you know, there's. You know, it, I things know. happen, I mean, but think, definitely think go check them out and see what they A lot of folks have. are shopping online mm-hmm. and such, so I guess that's just uh, the mm-hmm. times are changing. But it is, it is kind of sad, but hey, there's still time to go, so uh, that's a good thing. Well, look, when we come back, uh, Gabby's going to be talking to Dr. John Brachowski. You don't want to miss this. This is quite the conversion story. It mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. You are tuning your heart to the truth. It's the bottom of the hour on Wake Up. It is 35 past the hour. You're listening to Wake Up. Our next guest, Dr. John Bruchelski, former abortionist, joins us, turned pro-life advocate. He's also the keynote speaker of the upcoming Saved and Hope Dinner in Baton Rouge, benefiting Women's New Life Clinic. Dr. Bruchelski, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Gabby, thank you. It's a great day. It is a great day, and I want to give you as much time as possible. Take <laughs> us through your powerful story and testimony. I uh, grew up uh, in a great uh, Catholic Christian family, and uh, I, over at time, through education, and I began to uh, fear people more than I began to... I moved away from the love of Jesus, the love of the, his mother, as well as... Um, I became, I became less fearing of God, and uh, I ended up in a slop, meaning my female friends told me they thought this was the best 
abortion was the best answer and uh, being wanted to be the best doctor I could be in medical school and residency. I uh, performed uh, first, second, and third trimester abortion, just like all of, you know, that's what was expected. And uh, I found myself uh, splitting inside. Uh, truly, my heart was hardened because you have to steel yourself to the violence and the hatred of what those procedures really are. And you begin to realize that there's got to be a better way. And then a professor, a doctor, challenged me one night in a very difficult, challenging situation that I wrote in my book, Two Patients. And uh, lo and behold, both she and my mother told me to, I needed to go on a pilgrimage. And uh, I ended up on a hill in Yugoslavia. And uh, there I came face to face with the love that follows us. And I knew I was beloved by Jesus and his mother. And uh, the dynamic changed drastically, going from a leper to being uh, clean again, um, I found a better way of practicing medicine that is what um, Women's New Life is going to talk about and what they represent here in Baton Rouge. It's saved in hope. It's not a punchline. Mm -hmm. We, uh, in our medical yeah. practice now, for 30-plus years, we've been practicing life-affirming medicine without having to use abortion. So the th uh, you know, comments such as life of the mother tough cases. Oh, it's necessary. Well, it's not. There's ways that you never pit mom against baby. You never, ever, you always treat disease. And children are not sexually transmitted diseases. Mm. And yet, I had one foot in one world and one foot in the city of God, one foot in the city of man. And I mean that male because I'm a gynecologist, so I really respect it. Look, women's have are so much stronger and so much have so much more insight but they also have pain. And as I was delving into the wounds of people on all sides of this issue, I can't throw stones at anybody because God in his mercy found me doing the unbelievable out of, oh, I had to do it. Well, no, Johnny, but I love you anyway. Come to me and I will teach you for I am meek and humble of heart. And then she just simply says, hey, Johnny, do whatever he tells you. And, uh, oh, by the way, follow him to the cross because that's the only place that he saves you in grace so I can be redeemed. And there's a whole new world out here. So anybody who's out there who's want to support a great program, Women's New Life, powerful, May 8th, their gala, uh, you can come up and talk. And uh, talk, you know, I, I try to now cross the country spreading medicine that's life-affirming, that's accompanying, meaning... We will walk with you through the suffering and pain. There's a better way to do this than abortion. You don't have to poison your body with class one carcinogens. There's a way to listen to the language of your body so you can have body literacy. But since your body, soul, and spirit, not only is it medicine, but it's the psychiatric, it's the psych part of depression, sadness, despair, because we see ourselves or our friends in that light. And then that leads mm -hmm. us to prayer, and that prayer then liberates because he's there. And uh, that, yeah, that's my story, and I try to spread it, and uh, I'm no different than anybody else out there. We just have different mechanisms. We're all part of the body, and that body is big. And uh, we have mm -hmm. to realize that unity is really what helps, but it's his love, his mercy, 
It's what you all talk about on this wonderful radio program, Gab, and I'm so grateful to be with you this morning. Dr. Wachowski, this is uh, David, uh, and, and listening, Hi, David. Your, your story is just amazing. That is quite the leap of faith, because you went from great financial security to uh, something that was just uh, unheard of. I'm, I'm going to have a pro-life clinic. How, how was that transition for you? Um, it's been it's been remarkable, actually. Okay. Um, we all we all have to shake off the chains. What are the idols we have now? Yeah. Remember, I yeah. changed my heart in residency, so I was never making money, even though they promised me I could quadruple my salary. Wow! If I did this, yeah, quadruple. Mm-hmm. My wife is from South Florida. Boats, yeah. beachfront. And uh, in order to do this, um, the Lord said, will you follow me? And uh, so I had my change of heart in residency. So when I started practicing medicine, medicine was already breaking. And in life-affirming, uh, people were coming, but the medicine, the, the, the cost was prohibitive. So we got down to a few dollars in our bank savings, everything. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, the Lord brings you out of it, and He always gives you what you need, not what you desire. Right. And then you realize He knows better. And so now, the more we give away, the more we get, because we're not for profit now, because our center, it's always both ends. Mm-hmm. We, we collaborate with pregnancy centers in our region, because it's part of life-affirming medicine. We have perinatal hospice, where people can come rather than abort, but help spend time with their sick children. Wow. They're not enemies. They're mm-hmm. not going to suffer. They love you. You love them. They're intertwined with you, inside of you. Mm. There's a better way. Rather than all these hormones and pills and plastics yeah. and, you know, destroying natural things, we are able to show you there's a way that's better. And the idols go away. The love is replaced with real... You're following Him, and He provides for all your needs, financial, spiritual medicinal, and you become um, broken and wounded, but also holier in the process. Indeed. And that's wholeness Mm -hmm. and integration. And that's what your station talks about every day. Mm -hmm. That's what Women's New Life does. And rather than go to the negatives, oh my gosh, if, if young doctors out there, old doctors who are burned out, Divine Mercy Care, all one word, dot org, contact me, contact us. There is a better way, and uh, you can move from uh, the slop and the pain of the wounds of despair, depression, all the, you know, the, the challenges that are happening throughout the world in all places to a place of trust. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. And it's not a punchline. It yeah. goes through your heart, goes through your head to your heart, from your mouth to your core. Thank you so much uh, for this opportunity. Sure. We really... I, we will pray abundance upon this station, and obviously anybody out there, Women's New Life, May 8th, a gala, and it's called Saved in Hope, you will be transformed, not by what I say, but why the folks in your neighborhood, in your community, are building communion at Women's New Life. They do great work, They do, but it's integration. It's really hope, saved in hope. For us who work yeah. there but also for those who come and those who support. Absolutely. Because um, not only do we have an almsgiving practice as a financial model, believe it or not, a hybrid at Tepeyac OBGYN in, New- in Virginia, but we, we really believe in 
collaborating together to help renew the face of medicine, that Revelations 21.5, I will make all things new. Well, on the Hill, that's what I heard inside of me as I became a new, more vulnerable, more open in prayer where you can cry out. And this Lenten time is a great time to prepare for... Dr. Bruchowski... We are out of time, and wow. we just want to thank that you for all. joining us. Yes. Thank you so much <laughs> for you. being with us today. <laughs> An incredible, powerful time. He is fired um, up. Definitely check out. Man. Stay with us. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. <laughs> It is 48 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. We're so glad to have you join us. Dr. Jordan Haddad is now with us. He's a professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans and president of the St. Louis Ninth Art Society. And on Wednesdays, we have our Catholic 101 segment where we talk about basic church teachings or those questions you've always wanted to ask someone. Well, today we are talking about love. What is love and what is its place in Christianity? Dr. Haddad, thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Yabby. It's a great joy of mine to be with y'all today and, and every Wednesday. This is uh, such a gift for me to get to spend this time with y'all. Um, yeah, so love. Love is one of those words that gets thrown around a lot, but it can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. So, um, for example, you know, before and after Obergefell versus Hodges in 2015, you'd see signs and posters and shirts that say, you know, hashtag love wins, which is a way of, you know, promoting same-sex marriage. Ah, yes. You know, the love shared between such people would, in effect, win over those who believe that marriage is only possible between a man and a woman. And then I'm sure everyone's heard of the five love languages, mm-hmm. which are the different ways mm-hmm. of giving and receiving affection. Sometimes people will speak of love, of a certain thing, like a, or a place or a food or a concert, mm-hmm. which means you know, someone has a strong affinity for that thing. And then sometimes we use the word love to convey a strong feeling or passion that we have for someone. And so since this word is so central to our everyday lives because we all desire to love and to be loved, it can be helpful to kind of take a step back and think about it more deeply because our language really does inform our understanding and our imagination, and this in turn, you know, shapes how we act and, and how, we, how we live our lives. So for Christians, you know, love is a deeply sacred and human reality precisely because it's first divine. Because as First John chapter 4 says, God is love, which mm-hmm. isn't simply, yeah. you know, a nice sentiment, but it's a, a really profound revelation about God's own inner life. And really, it's something that could never be known unless God first revealed it to us and, and made, made it known to us. And since God is an eternal communion of divine life and love shared between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Love is the deepest, most real, most true, most profound reality that there is. It's more real than the suffering that we experience, our experience of evil. It's more real than the powers of this world. 
even more real than the very ground upon which we stand, because God is more real than all of these things, and God is love. So I mentioned that, mm-hmm. that love is human because it's divine, and that's because we are the kinds of creatures that are made in God's image, which means that God creates us not only with the ability to know the truth, but also the ability and the call and vocation to love. And when we don't love, we lose our humanity in the process, and we become more like beasts or devils rather than angels or saints. So that naturally leads us to ask the question, well, what does it mean to love? And here, the great St. Thomas Aquinas comes to the rescue because he gives us a very simple but profound definition. And it is that to love is to will the good of the other as other. Right, to love is to will the good of the other as other. And so before love is a slogan or a feeling or an affinity for something, love is first and foremost, it's a willing, it's an acting for that which is ultimately best for the other. Mm-hmm. Even if we have trouble liking that person or even if we don't have warm feelings about them, or even if how we act won't necessarily make them immediately happy, because oftentimes what makes us happy is not necessarily what is actually actually good for us. And so instead, loving others oftentimes means suffering for their sake and being willing to make sacrifices to put the good of others above even our own desires and happiness, which really is an inescapable part of love in a fallen world like we live in. You know, to love is to suffer for others in some sense. Mm -hmm. And in all of this, Mm -hmm. Christ is our model because Christ is love incarnate, and we're called to take up our cross daily and follow him by loving God above all things, which means worshiping and honoring him as we ought, and loving our neighbor as Christ has loved us, which means laying down our lives in small and big ways for all of those people that God has entrusted to us by placing them in our lives. And Jesus says that if we love, if we will the good of the of others as he has willed our own good, then all men will know that we are his disciples, as he says in, in John chapter 13. So love really is the, the beginning, the middle, and the end of, of the entire Christian life in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Lent is a reminder if we have forgotten uh, of what is is happening and what is to come. Uh, If we watch, you know, Passion of the Christ or we reflect on Good Friday, that is love. That is exactly what Jesus has come to do for us, but also to radiate that into our world today because there's so much hate in our world and there's so much tragedy in our world. Uh, Maybe we can be that beacon of love. And Dr. Haddad, when you said God is love, takes me back to freshman year of high school. There was a giant poster in our religion class that just said, God is love. And our religion teacher, which was a tiny, cute little Filipino nun, uh, would always ask the question, what is love, to start every class, every single day. And we would always say, God is love. And that stuck wow. with me uh, still to this day. Um, but uh, thank you so much for taking us through that. Maybe we, today we can practice that to each other because we meet different people, whether in our workplace or at the grocery store, um, wherever we go. Where can we go to find out more information about what you do over at Notre Dame Seminary and the St. Louis and Ninth Art Society? 
Yeah, so Notre Dame Seminary, uh, follow us at nds.edu. We have our, our lecture coming up next Tuesday and then a, our annual gala coming up in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And with the Art Society, sl9art.com, you can learn more about our new Joie de Vivre journal, our, our upcoming spring issue, as well as uh, upcoming events that we have on the docket for the spring. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Jordan Haddad, for joining us today. Thank you all. All right. Wow. My goodness. That was well, great. There we go. No, that was yeah, a little that bit was, more. Yeah, that was very <laughs> enlightening, as a matter of fact. And he's right. We do have a tendency to abuse and overuse the word of love. Uh, uh, and this, this is hey, it's an action. It's an action. It's not. Uh, yeah. It's not a feeling. It's an action. And I, I just think that's, I think that's beautiful. We got to yes. be reminded of that. So are we ready for prayer, exactly. Gabby? Yes. All right. Let's do it. Sure. In the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, out of love for us, you sent your only Son to heal the great rift caused by our pride and lack of trust. This Lent, you invite us to journey with him to Jerusalem and once again be reminded that the only path to holiness is through the cross. Yet even in this, you carry the weight and give us all the graces needed to be transformed into earthen vessels of hope that never dies joy that never fades, and love that is ever filled by you alone. Jesus, may I never leave your side. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. We have a wonderful lineup for you. Camille Polly joins us with Healing the Culture. There's a new video series that ties in the Gen Z generation hmm. and abortion. What are their thoughts on it? So we'll wow. talk to Camille about that. Alan Ames joins us, Catholic evangelist and healer. He's going to be talking about his testimony and his various speaking engagements in Southeast Louisiana in March and Father Matthew Dunn, pastor of Christ the King Church at LSU, will have a Eucharistic revival update for us within the diocese. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Thank you so much. Jeff Blackwell, our audio director, and yes. Karen Cotton, our video technical director. God bless. Wake up is a production of Catholic Community Media.